Welcome to the Zion Art Podcast, dedicated to exploring the art and culture of Latter-day Saints through interviews with artists, collectors, and scholars. The podcast is presented by the Zion Art Society and hosted by me, Micah Christensen. Today, I am joined by Mary Bricky Cole, Laura Erickson, and Nicole Woodbury, the organizers of the Certain Women Art Show that last year was the first art exhibition ever dedicated exclusively to the work of Latter-day Saint women. This year, they've come back, they've grown in number and ambition with original works by 90 artists. The show opens for everyone on October 3rd, the evening, right? So the evening is the the 3rd is opening reception and the first full day is October 4th. Okay, with that, and we'll talk about more dates and and, and, uh, things that will be happening during the event throughout our conversation. And we'll tell people where to go, but welcome. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Did I get all that right? We're excited yeah, to be perfect. here. That was, that was fantastic. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I've, I've got a question um, for, for Nicole. You okay. did this last year. Uh-huh. Why yeah. did you want to do this again? <laughs> I know you'll notice everyone else quit. No, <laughs> it was it was a it's I'm it's crazy it's enough. a huge endeavor, right? I mean, yeah, was was yeah. um, and, and I say that like jokingly. Why did you want to do this again? <laughs> but I really do mean it, not in the sense of like it was overwhelming and a chore, but I mean in the sense of um, and the two of you had been involved in it um uh, in, in the past. Last year, you were you were a participant, Laura. Mm-hmm. And Mary, you came to it and you were part of it. This year, all three of you are participants and organizers at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I guess the question that I really want to ask now that I got the joking way of asking <laughs> that is um, what was special about it last year? Um, I think what was special about it is that it was the first time that it had been attempted, you know, and it was still, I think the reason why I wanted to keep doing it was, is because I was like, it's a baby. Like we got to keep feeding it. You know, mm-hmm. we got to keep, keep it going and, and ride this momentum. And it was, I mean, we didn't expect it to be as successful or as like, um, noticed I guess as it was and I think we were really surprised by that last year and um you know the other co-curators that were last year they weren't able to do it this year for personal reasons and I was just like let's keep doing this I want to keep doing this and you know thought about the different artists that I knew and um Micah you know in helping us do that he had suggested that I find someone who is kind of on a contemporary you know direction with their art to help me do it and then find someone who is more traditional to help me do it and I thought about the people that I knew and I met Mary doing um, a figure drawing class with Joseph Bricky and um, Nikki Covington and I met Mary in that class and she was just this delightful person and extremely encouraging and knew and you know as I got to know Mary more I saw her at other event artist events and I just saw that how she interacted with people and you know what a support for women I could tell that she really valued this you know thing that we're trying to do here mm-hmm. <laughs> and then with Laura she was in the show with us last year and um, came up to me and the other founders I think several times and were like <laughs> you need to keep doing this you know this is important and had said that and that just stuck with me because I was like well she's obviously going to be supportive <laughs> in helping us do this and um, you know I think last year's show as I said was in its infancy and this year it's you know kind of a toddler, but <laughs> no, we're and we're next year it'll be a mopey teenager, prepubescent. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> we I have some sassy word things we're, we're thinking for. about. <laughs> now you you've all you're all artists who participated in multiple shows in the past and been involved in them, and I guess um, I, I don't know if this is this isn't the first is this the first time you've organized a show. Maybe it isn't, but what make what makes doing this exhibition different from other shows? Yeah, from other shows. That I mean, I don't know that I've organized any other ones. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess I guess other that question that for I've you done, then I mean, would I've be done, like, is solo shows. Yeah. so so Nicole, yeah. the question would be for you then, Been who hasn't shows. organized a show before, is what's organizing a show like, <laughs> and was it what you thought it would be like? Um, yes and no, I think that there's a lot that you have to be able to just go with the flow with. Um, 
you know, you get varying opinions on things, um, especially with like a curation. Um, just, yeah, I think the ability to, to work with different mm-hmm. types of people and um, to communicate and kind of be available to the artists that you're doing this for is important. Um, yeah, that's. Anyone else want to chime in on that question? Yeah. That directed toward. Yeah, well, I don't know. I will. Um, Mary? I, I was involved with the Inspirational Art Association in its beginning, so I helped with several things on there and been involved with the Beaux Arts Academy, and we've done some things with Springville Art Museum. Um, I feel like this is different because of the way we've chosen to organize it, the way we curated it. Um, it being an invitational makes it different in many ways, but it's been really (laughs) delightful for the three of us to work together. We love working together, but we're also very different people and very different approaches to art, Um, but we have not found it difficult to find common ground. Even Hmm. if we disagree, we're very... That is the message we need for these times. (laughs) Yeah, 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 I think that that... Laura, did you want to... Well, for me, similarly, I've never organized a show that isn't my own solo show before mm-hmm. so when it comes to like nicole doing something at this level with this amount of people being in this role um has been completely new for me and um i really didn't know what to think going into it but i was really excited about <laughs> it and i you know have this drive and passion for for the project and and working with these women she was brilliant in her selections <laughs> to work with her because we really have in all seriousness well and we have you know great sense of humor but well we and i i have not <laughs> been involved really really what you said about me and the advice of the the find somebody in contemporary and somebody in the traditional direction and someone is kind of in the middle almost yeah, yeah. it's been almost a good the combination. In, like my full involvement described there because i really cuz really you 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 three have done right. all the work but i got that from um, being involved judging shows, uh, mm-hmm. Springville. I've judged a few shows in, in Europe and back east, and almost every time I've noticed the pattern that they try and pick a uh, somebody who, if, mm-hmm. if they have two judges, yeah, they try and have somebody on either end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. It seems like it's worked in this case. It's N- been not it's been to helping. say we've agreed on every point, but that's no. the that's the point. We yeah, we've we kind of talked to things, things through. Well, like my Jewish yeah. ancestors would say is. If if uh, if if you agree with me, then what's the point in having both of us? Exactly. <laughs> I like that. Yep. 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 So well, and I'd say what we good. were doing. I mean, curation is loosely used here, right? Because we invited artists we, just based on their work that they'd so already done. Let's talk about that because I think so, that that yeah. when you've got ninety artists this year, which is more, how many more than last year? It's more than double. More than double. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. You and and last year when you did it, um, you asked them to. You, you didn't ask them to do original works this year, right? We were just like, whatever you'll give us, please. Now <laughs> you have ninety artists. How did you land on the? How did you choose the artists? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so <laughs> that's a thing. No, yes. <laughs> that was quite. You know, we. Uh, yeah, so we curated the artists. Mm-hmm. So we put it. gathered. That's what we started doing. We just gathered as many artists as we could find. Um, and How did you make your list? In a spreadsheet. We, we asked <laughs> for lists from a lot of people yep. in the community, mm-hmm. in the art community. And, um, and then we would throw in people that we knew, and we would reach out to people and ask them if they knew of anyone else. Cast mm-hmm. our nets to gather as many from as many different places and... Yeah, um, we'd like to have it be in around the world, like a worldwide yeah. thing. But again, it's in its infancy, so we are we have people from the other side of the country. Yeah, you know, so we're we're trying to branch out and and have as much diversity as possible. So when you when you actually have to go through <coughs> the exercise of putting a list down, I think that all of us, especially those who are involved in the arts, feel like, oh yeah, I can come up with a pretty good list mm. pretty quickly. I think 90 is a, is is a that it's a lot of sheets of paper, mm-hmm. right? To to come up with 90 names, were there names on that list that none of you recognized before the the event, or that you were just you know not familiar with? And oh yeah, yeah definitely. Oh, yeah. And we went through more than 90 to come oh, to about 90. We went to names. about yeah. 250 wow. yeah. and pared That's it down to 90. 
Um, and we had to search out their website or their Instagram and yeah, figure no out how to see Yeah, because no one submitted stuff for us to look at. Right. So we just had right. So you because you're having them create an original work. Now, why mm -hmm. is that? Why why create an original work? Why? Okay, I so <laughs> I will tell you why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell us why. I'm gonna you let you handle that. I'm gonna why. let you handle that. And you know what I love about before you even answer this, as somebody who's not an artist who works with artists, I am ever hesitant to, to put something on an artist. And the fact that the three of you are artists <laughs> comes with so much more authority to say. <laughs> We're going to ask you We're to do this. We're going to ask you to do this, and you can. We're letting you do it a year in advance. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. About nine months. Okay, yeah. so there's, there's, so there's an ex experiential authority, right, that comes from this. So, Laura, you, Laura you're going to say? Well, we want the show to be alive. It needs to have a life to it. And having people create um, fresh work gives it that life. And having people create work with a purpose that has a concept that is all encompassing with all of us together makes mm. it that much more full of life mm. and can have a deeper, greater effect on the viewer walking into a show saying, oh, there's this cohesion here. I'm not walking in a bunch of random pieces. There isn't an overarching idea, but there's unity in the idea and the mm. concept and all the women came together and cared enough about it. Those who cared enough about it created that original work hmm. and i think there's power in that yeah. this year we're able to see so, so some of the artists are submitting their images for you know social media promotion and things like that and we're able to see some of the works earlier this year and it's just amazing seeing are you their surprised pieces. It's i'm just so like, exciting <gasps> you can you see that freshness i don't know yeah. if we're surprised but we're we're not surprised we're just excited it's, it's exciting just amazing it's exciting. to see the actual mm -hmm. work it's just what were you the can tell that their hearts went into yeah. it you know yeah what were the yeah. instructions you gave people so we had to decide a theme kind <laughs> of a thing yeah and you know laura convinced me to do a theme Took a lot of well, wait, wait, say more about that. <laughs> Took okay. a lot of convincing. Because you didn't want to do it. No, she did well, not want to I do it. I didn't want to nope. because of the, because I'm an artist. <laughs> because she like said it would be like a homework assignment. <laughs> and artists yeah. don't that like homework assignments. Yeah, and we all I, know, according to research, that homework doesn't do as much as we those want it to. Those were the worst <laughs> assignments, right? And I never, you know, when I had more freedom in the prompt at school, I, that's when I made my best work, right? Mm. Is because I had that freedom. And so I was like, all right, I understand we need the cohesion. We need the freshness. I get it, Laura. <laughs> all right, all right. But I want something that has that freedom as well. I want the best of both worlds. I want no. it all. So, <laughs> so what was, so did it morph from the mm -hmm. beginning of having a particular homework assignment feel to more of a freedom feel that was a cohesive yeah. theme? So, so we had walk me through that. I never wanted it to be, I don't like homework. <laughs> we, we got, no, we, 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 yeah, go ahead. Go ahead we had Mary. a Google doc and we compiled, we all just threw our ideas in there. Hmm. What were some of the things that we thought would be powerful, that would be important, that would be um, important in our day, relevant yeah. to our time? So we just had this huge Google Doc, and then we had a meeting at mm. an ice cream shop. That always <laughs> helps. <laughs> and as we met, ice we went through about yes. half of them, and we were hashing it out and crossing some things out and circling other things that we were leaning toward. And then Laura just came up with this do you want to tell that part laura yeah i well we'd hashed through and i some of Seriously, my ideas were so rejected no i <laughs> can take rejection <laughs> mine were too. yeah to the point and that you don't even remember it so i wasn't <laughs> expecting such a great response but on the way after <laughs> mulling over and we'd all been thinking and thinking yeah and, um hashing things through on my drive to the ice cream shop i had this idea while I was driving there, and I pitched it to them and sold. And the idea is death <laughs> the to idea, the dog. It the was a mic drop <laughs> moment. So Seriously. It was. <laughs> we were just like, no no need to go through the rest of these themes. Hmm. Drum no roll. Exactly. <laughs> that. The idea. Um, so the last women's conference, the prophet was speaking to during his address. He challenged or invited um, the women to read the Relief Society purpose statement. I didn't even know there was a Relief Society purpose statement, and I was interested. <laughs> yeah. And then he said, after you read that, then think of your own life, and that can inspire you to write a purpose statement for your life. So hmm. what is your life purpose statement? Hmm. So I thought, wouldn't that be 
wouldn't that be an experience? And wouldn't I like to see that as a viewer? What would I to have like a work to see? of art? To that have was a work purpose statement. Work of art. Statement, that is, work of art. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. is your life purpose statement as a woman? As who you are, member of the church, woman of faith. What is your life purpose statement? And and give that to us visually. Mm-hmm. And um, and if everybody did that, what would we see? Jeez, that mm-hmm. is. And that's something I really wanted to see. If yeah. you gave that to me as a writing assignment, I would say. So do you want? the entire Harry Potter series version yeah, exactly. or do you want exactly. or do you or, or do you want the five paragraph essay because I don't know if I could write the five paragraph essay but that's version. the beauty of it we're gonna get a whole that's the open-ended yeah. part what yeah. has been the what yeah. has been the reaction to that challenge as you've reached out to artists because you've got 90 who agreed to do it that's a huge number I'm sure that you're seeing a huge variety because works are starting to come mm-hmm, in now mm-hmm. but did you have even before you saw the works did you have people say how did they react to oh, to, to were, the challenge they were so excited. Almost so many invariably responded excited. immediately and were like, excited. I already have an idea. I'm so excited. And yeah, just yeah. Yeah. a lot of enthusiasm. Yeah. Enthusiasm. It seems like this is one of the things that an exhibition can do that a marketplace can't do. Right? Mm. Because a marketplace doesn't always say create this kind of work. Because because I think that we're as I, I don't think just <laughs> as artists, but I just think as humans, when we when we are trying to create work that's going to go on view for other people, we're so worried about the expectations of the audience and what they want, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But what you're asking is somebody to be incredibly in- introspective and with the work of art you're doing. It's very personal. Yeah. So, so, I mean, to me, that, that's something that this exhibition can do that, yeah. and give the excuse to people to create a work like that that they wouldn't otherwise create all three of you have created work for it is that true for you that it's a work that you wouldn't have otherwise created yeah yes and no yes and no i yes think i no. had some direction <laughs> already and it just solidified a direction for hmm. me mm-hmm. i mean my premise doesn't have to be true you can tell me i'm wrong and that's okay too i mean yeah. it's just a thought it's I, a question i wouldn't necessarily have created a work exactly along these lines but as for as far as being vulnerable my work is very I really expose myself Mm -hmm. so as far as that's concerned it's on par with I think that's one of the purposes of this show is to create that vulnerability I that's how you connect with people is through vulnerability Mm -hmm. and so you know I'm I subscribe to the Brene Brown way of thinking in that regard. You know, the, 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 the what? Brene Brown. Oh. Have you heard your, of her? Your audience probably. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I've, heard, I've okay. heard of Brene Brown. But, yeah. you know, I we're exposing ourselves as women, first of all, right? Like, we are women. And to expose yourself as a woman and an artist, you know, to declare I'm an artist and a woman, right? Like, that automatically makes, you know... Um, there brings was on some stereotypes. Yeah, yeah brings, brings on, on some stereotypes. What, what, what right? are some right? of those? That's a good what, way of putting it. Right? So there was that NPR thing that came up that we talked about that was like, you know, they, they had a computer create a work of art and then they put a man's name under it and then we, they had curators value the piece and then they put a woman's name under it and they had curators value Yeah, what do you think happened? Yeah, yeah. That, the, that the male's work was worth more. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and, and as an art historian, right? I see whenever I see a, a painting that's signed that's over you know fifty years old, that has just the first initial exactly. and then the last name, it's I almost immediately assume it's probably mm. a woman. It's a woman who didn't want to, <laughs> who didn't, to yeah. who, who didn't yeah. want to be judged. Wanted it's to have more issue. success in her. So career. here we yeah. are, you know, declaring, "Hey, we're women," right? So there's a vulnerability there, you know, and then then declaring also that we are um artists Mm -hmm. you know there's a vulnerability in the LDS community as well I think you know like how are you gonna make a living or well your work isn't as important because it's a you're a woman and you don't have to support a family or hobby I've heard the hobby oh yeah that's a cute hobby hobby? (laughs) they just kind of picture you hanging out at a Michael's craft store isn't it nice that you got this little hobby you can work on yeah Yeah. it doesn't sound like work (laughs) and it is work. yeah yeah and 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 if you were a man correct me if I'm wrong then you would it would be like, oh, you're an artist and you're you're super ambitious to go this course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Right, because right. mm-hmm. it's unconventional, and so therefore yeah. you must be. There's more. But if you're a woman, you're a hobbyist. If you're a man, yeah. so l- if you're l- a man, you're impractical. <laughs> right, <laughs> there's a stigma <laughs> there too. Stereotype there, right? And it's so funny to me because yeah. I feel like there's such um, there's such value in being an artist that the LDS community that they value certain aspects of being an artist that they don't even realize that they do. Right. Say more like, about that. Like, um, 
valuing um, being peculiar, seeing the world differently and seeking truth and, you know, having a connection with creativity Hmm. and with God. Those are of the artist, right? And those are things we all are kind of seeking to do and be. And so, yeah. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I want to hear more about... um, Maybe, I don't know if I'm asking this in general or in particular to the Latter-day Saint community, but what is different about being a woman artist in our community? And and is that changed? I guess the first question is, let's just leave it with the first question, because I do want to <laughs> ask about the moment we're in on top of that. And I don't know if you can separate out those two, but I think there is, I don't know about you, but I've been feeling like there there is something afoot. Right. No. But I, but I want and maybe there has been for a while, but I want to hear from we're going to separate those out if you need to. If you don't need to go ahead. What is it? What is different about being a woman and an artist in our community? Well, I think we've kind of touched on it. But again, just we have traditional roles. Right. So the man goes and he's the breadwinner and he brings home the bacon and the wife, the woman has the children, bears the children, takes care of the children, keeps them alive. (laughs) Um, And uh, so what I have found from things people have said to me um, is I'm I'm not taken as seriously (coughs) or because I do stay at home with my children and I do watch my children and I I have that role that um, I couldn't be serious about my work because the implication is that you're not doing it full time and therefore it's not getting the full measure of attention yes oh you you're a mother that's your choice that's that's the lifestyle you you know and yes i am a mother and i am Mm. an artist and i'm a professional Mm. and that is a profession Mm -hmm. it's not a hobby that i do on the side Mm -hmm. it's a profession Mm. and i just have to kind of you know, I do have a sensor in my brain yeah. and, and grit my teeth <laughs> and not, you know, say a lot of things I could say to the comments of, oh, isn't that a nice hobby you have? Do you get that um, reaction from both men and women or I, is it exclusive? Is it mostly men? men? Okay. <laughs> I get that reaction. Really? From men. I've gotten it from women. I've only I gotten have. it from men, but I'm sure women do it too. <laughs> yeah. And there, I think there's that sort of like, oh, you chose to do, you know, a woman's career kind of a thing too oh. or you did it so you knew a husband would come and support you so yes. you could take that risk on, which on i having totally meet that profession. stigma right because i married yeah. an attorney and <laughs> <laughs> you know like yeah that's i did the opposite i'm the impractical artist story who married an attorney there you go. see yeah it works both ways, ways. <laughs> guys <laughs> no but i but i, I mean but ways. frankly i don't get the same judgment mm. right uh, and right. the same judgment no. that, that you would yeah. in that scenario that's mary um, I was thinking how I, I see a lot of women artists who juggle the role of mother and artist really well and can do them at the same time. And I really admire that. When my kids were really little, um, I was so wrapped up in their needs and their trajectory and all, all of my bandwidth, I felt like, was taken up with motherhood. I graduated from college with my brother and with other artists that are are now really well uh, known and and professional artists and but I took about 15 years from the time of graduation until I started saying okay I'm going to get serious about this because my kids are old enough that I feel like I can give this some of my life again Um, and of course by then their careers are off the ground right right Um, and so I whether very many women artists find themselves in that position or not, that's where I found myself. And and it's okay, because I'm very glad I did that, and that was just my approach to it. But it is one of those elements that is unique to women artists, and maybe even women in the church, because of that role that we feel, I don't know, for some people maybe it's obligated, for some people it's a, it's a passion that we feel for our children. So... <coughs> So I think there's a a big element of that. Sure. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. I think, so I guess when when I feel that like sort of shaming kind of happen, I have like a motto, (laughs) a little mantra that I say to myself, which is, I don't believe in being less than what I am. Hmm. And, you know, and that kind of helps me feel empowered, you know, and I think that's kind of what we want to do with this show in this field 
is to help women realize that they don't have to be less than who they are. And if they feel like they need to commit all of their bandwidth to raising children or all of their bandwidth to you know, pursuing an art career or splitting their bandwidth, mm. that whatever it is that they, it's an individual thing and it's a personal, you know, spiritual thing that they have to decide for themselves. Uh, this, I, I believe this will be the first of the podcasts that we release in, in the series leading up to the Certain Women Show. And I've had the benefit of you, you all um, chose the artists who would be in the show, invited them. And then you gave me a list of artists to interview, and I've done a lot of those interviews already. And as I'm listening to you talk about your individual experiences and about this this idea that I'm a mother and I'm working on my art right now, or I had a break and I wasn't able to work dedicated, it's 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 just it's amazing how how the women who I've already talked to, there have been three of them that didn't do any art for 20 years, (laughs) and then picked it back up, and now they're full-time professionals mm-hmm. at it mm-hmm. and and to me as I've, I as I've gone back from these interviews I've been surprised at just how the variety right because there's some of them have been working all the way through some of them have dropped it completely and you looking at their art and I know this is maybe a, a this is a self-biased thing to say <laughs> but you wouldn't know you wouldn't know the difference between the ones who worked through it or the ones who didn't and who picked it back up again and it's been a really powerful set of conversations to have. So I hope for listeners who listen to the to the s- successive interviews that come after this, they will see that discussion played out over and over again yeah. with the conversations we're having. Which then brings me to a question, and that is uh, we are it's it's uh, 2019. The church was founded over, you know, almost 200 years ago, and the first women's show in 2018 <laughs> it's it's um I mean, it doesn't it's mean really that they're fast, isn't it? It's, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's interesting because if you would have told me that it had happened during um during the 1960s or 70s, I would have been like, yeah. oh yeah, you know. Yeah. And if you had told me during the 80s, I would have been like, okay. During the early 2000s, I would have thought, why so late? Right yeah. now we're in the we're in the late <laughs> teens of the of the of uh, of the of the two thousands and the and I you know maybe none of us have the answer to this but there is I think undeniably something happening at this moment and I want to know as three people who made a list of two hundred and fifty names and then who went through and had conversations with people maybe nobody else has more of a pulse in what's happening in LDS art right now than the three of you so. Pulse, what is what what are some of the things that you are seeing that are happening in this community at the moment? Do you want us to talk about the community as a whole or women in specific or either? I think whatever comes to your mind with that series of questions, just go with I'm not look. I don't have a a particular answer I'm looking for. So I think. uh, Do you have something to say first, Laura? Go ahead. It's okay. I'm I'm just looking at you. No, no, please. So I I want all of you to chime in. So Nicole first. Yes. Is that. So um, I also subscribe, I guess, to the uh, philosophy by James Fowler, um, who talks about the different phases of belief. And um, I'm not going to talk about all the phases of belief. My goodness. Yeah, there are many. She there went over are six. It, I know. I was like, guys, I'm going <laughs> to do a lecture, basically. But, you know, you can look that up. It's He's pretty well known about from that. And... Um, it's very it's been very enlightening because there's the phases of belief that are like, you know, a, as a child and then the phases of questioning and then the phase where you're comfortable with paradox and then the phase where you become like Jesus. And <laughs> <laughs> basically become like Mother Teresa or Gandhi or where you realize that, you know, humanity as a whole is your community. And um I'm seeing in the artwork the different phases. And I think that's really powerful that in this phases of faith that that there's a sampling there Hmm. of where these different women are developing and asking questioning questions and are constantly seeking for um, truth Hmm. in their own way in, you know, through their art. Amen. It's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, along the lines of what I was going to say, how everyone and how ev- there is such um and it's all valid <clears throat> so everybody's truth is valid and 
and there's such a wide variety variety in where everyone is and you you see that through their art because all i have to go off of is their art right i look at their images i don't know all of them personally so Mm -hmm. i see what they're creating and there's such a variety also in style and technique and you know be it contemporary traditional abstract all of just this you know slew of options here there's a wide variety of expression and so I think the balance with all of us and what we're familiar with and the styles we have chosen to pursue has been key in gathering that variety because we all have our different areas of focus and we've been able to gather a variety um, mm-hmm. of, of artwork and of, of forms of expression and want to put them all together to show the variety of women in the variety of their work. And this begs a question for me that I feel like every curator is after an ice core sample of the time and place they're in when they're doing a contemporary mm. show like this, right? Mm. So they want they don't want one that has been contaminated by their own influence too much, mm-hmm. right? Maybe you can you can never avoid the influence of the scientist who's jumping in and putting the ice core sample, pulling out. I don't know anything about science. Don't ask me <laughs> how an ice core sample works. But it's the idea that 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 you're pulling and I, I you're 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 getting a true picture of what's happening in the environment at the moment. Do you feel like, as you've been looking at works that are coming in, that um that 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 it is a a, a real broad, deep sample of of what's happening? I think it's a lot broader than it was last year, for yes. sure. Um, so and Mary, we're going to come back to your reaction to the question too. I know sorry. we're going on a tangent. <laughs> okay. No, that's fine. Go ahead. So I've had this. I had this discussion with some of the um, people that I went to school with at BYU, and um, there's sort of this idea for seeking like the epitome of art making, of sort of what is the true way to create art, and are you doing it? Are you creating true art? And um, one of the things I remember. Um, his name's Chris Purdy. I remember him saying, you know, I think that my way of expressing is going to touch someone and someone else's way of expressing is going to touch someone else. And I'm going to reach my audience that I'm supposed to reach and bear my testimony in that way. And I just thought that was really powerful, you know, that all these ways of expression are valid. Even if they don't touch you, they probably will touch someone else. Mm-hmm. And I've already felt really touched by all of the art that's come in that I've seen it's been really awesome. Anyway, yeah. go Mary. <laughs> so back. So if you, this question of 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 the diversity in the core sample, but the, there was the original question too of, um, what are what are you noticing as yeah. being the trend with your pulse on 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 the? On well, the I will combine the them because okay, I think it. they go well together, mm-hmm. along with the diversity of faith that Nicole talked about. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing to see. Um, a childlike faith or a questioning um, faith or a mature uh, faith. All of those things are beautiful. And also people's voices in the way they express, in the style that they express, in the medium, in the artistic medium. So we have all of this diversity. Um, But one of the things I'm seeing in this community at large and, um, and even with the women artists that I know is I think the beginnings of the fulfillment of President Kimball's um, prophecy about a, a renaissance in our day of art. Huh. Can you say more about that? So as I, I feel like there are so many of us and I, I do a lot of social things with artists. I go to a lot of shows. Um, I'm connected to a lot of artists in the community and I just feel like there's there's like a wind at our backs right now mm. and there's a push for all of us and we have a passion for this and sometimes we don't even know how to say I don't know why I picked art instead of the other 50 things that I'm interested in <laughs> or yeah. why I'm leaving my house a mess because I want to finish this piece <laughs> you know I don't know all the time but I feel like there's this passion that is from us but also from the spirit and i th- and i don't think we're in the even the middle of it i feel like we're still at the beginning of this mm. and that makes me so excited to see what's next what's ahead what's the you know the next thing 
You know, it's it's interesting through the 1990s and early 2000s and even to the first Mormon Arts Center conference and which is now called the Center for Latter-day Saint Arts but if you search for it then it would have probably the archive would would be that way there was there was this discussion of well should we even use the term renaissance because when president Kimball was talking about it he pointed to people like Michelangelo and da Vinci and Shakespeare which i think was in my interpretation and it, there are other valid interpretations meant he was he was those are the people he admired right and he was mm-hmm. talking about a renaissance in i think the sense of these are people that achieved great heights okay. right i don't know mm-hmm. if he was prescribing a certain style yeah, right, right. but i don't think we can avoid the implication that often when we think about art in the church there there is there's a certain art that some people are are accustomed to right mm-hmm. and when people come to this show um what are they going to see are they, they, they will see that and much more. They will see, oh, yeah. <laughs> they will see oh, yeah. that and much more. That's definitely there because it does represent a large population. Mm-hmm. Of, um, Hold on, Sam. Say that again. I think your mic went out for a moment. Let's Hello. let's get you a little closer again. So say it again. Hello. There you are. You're back. Okay, so say that one more time. I'm sorry. That was my technical error. Um, yes, you will see that because it is here. that It, it, is, it represents a large population of yeah. artists, of more of, sorry, members of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints (laughs) artists and so that is definitely being represented Mm -hmm. but in addition to that much more is going to be there which i think will um surprise people Mm -hmm. some people and will make some people think huh this next to this like these both are an expression of this you know? And that's speaking to style. Another question I had while you were talking, Mary, a question that came to my mind that I hadn't thought of uh, before as I was preparing for this conversation was I think that we're, we're in a time right now that's a little tumultuous on a national and international level. And I think in the church, some people feel that way. I also think we always feel that way, mm-hmm. right? It's not necessarily unique to our times. But when works were coming in, are there any works that you thought, ooh, that could be controversial? Oh yeah, we were talking about that today. <laughs> yeah, say more. Tell tell me more. And maybe you don't want to talk about the <laughs> artist right now. <laughs> and, and I'm not know, interested in in calling yeah. out a particular artist. I'm more interested yes, in as curators how you handle a work that you look at and you think, ooh, this could stir something up. Well, she even the artist called Laura and asked yeah. her what she should. I had a conversation it. with this said artist. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and my and we all have our personal you know ideas and perspectives on these things i embrace the individual and what they want to say so if they want to clearly if it's something that's really you know if it's something that's inappropriate that should not be shown or or viewed we will right. you know if it really is if it's really you know but um <laughs> it was not that but um it's no. their it's their art it's their expression yeah. and so i'm not going to i i told her to to do what she wanted to do with that and make her decision and and she was the artist and um, everyone's going to be guessing which one it is <laughs> you'll and have to come to the show to find out i well and this is this is a question that i think <laughs> museum professionals deal with all the time mm-hmm. i'm on the i'm on the board of the springville museum of art and it is i'm i'm often the one who's called for community standards issues mm-hmm. right and there was one that i i rejected outright that, that that i remember i'm not trying to make this about me but just like examples i felt i felt like these are useful to me to know one of them was a buddha that was covered in razor blades and it wasn't taken Ooh. out for subject reasons it was taken out because they hadn't secured all the razor blades. A way to protect the public from it. They didn't have a yeah. glass over it. Oh. They didn't have a way to move it. And so it was It was just the, on the very practical level of mm. how do you... Somebody could get hurt with this. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Sure. And if you figure out a way for somebody to not get hurt with it, welcome to bring it back. Right. 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 And then another one was that there was a... It was a painting of a nude girl. There was a little girl. And mm. it came to a question of consent. Mm. Right? Oh. Of, of the, if the girl could consent or not who was mm. in the image. Oh. And so and so the so the question then is like when you when you come up with these, um, 
the these standards it you want to err on like you were saying laura the the personal expression mm-hmm. and and i i i wonder if you go going to the show it seems like it wasn't so much about the, the uh, correct me if i'm wrong it wasn't that the imagery was controversial it was that there was there, the the statement of belief was 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 not necessarily what was it was it it wasn't happy don't, feely don't, don't get too specific I w- I was it that yeah. it wasn't super happy feely that it was questioning i would say it's more questioning you yeah. know and i would say that you know just oh my goodness the phases of faith again <laughs> like seriously yeah. i recently read it i'm like or just a different it. attitude about there's certain a certain phase of faith things. in which it's hard it, it you <laughs> people would find it difficult when their beliefs are questioned yeah or challenged. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be controversial to people in that phase of faith. Yeah. Because it is a questioning, is this right? Mm-hmm. Kind of a thing. And and it's in her own personal questioning because I feel like I have answers personally that I've resolved that question for myself. You know, but she's still asking it. And I think it's an important question to ask. And so, yeah. you know. What's great about that great. is where else would she have a venue to do this? Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. It's also important to note how you ask the question. Like you can ask the Lord, why me? Or you can ask the Lord, why me? You know, you can come with curiosity or you can come with suspicion. And that's, and it's so it, it's not, we never would want to discourage someone from asking a, a real and sincere question. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's wonderful. Right. We encourage it. So, yeah. um, I guess one of the other questions that I have about this, and maybe you will not know this until everything is hung up in physical space. Yeah. Right. Is were were there imagery, stylistic choices that, as you were looking, as you've been seeing works come in, that you feel like are common themes even across different styles of artists? Have you noticed things that you think? Oh, this is interesting because now there are relationships here that I wouldn't have noticed, but artists who are seemingly islands in our culture are starting to pick out similar, similar approaches, themes. Hmm. I've noticed pattern. Really? I've noticed, yeah, the okay. use of pattern. In oh yeah, oh, the, the use, use of, of pattern. pattern. Yeah. Sorry, what did you think? I said? A pattern, a like a pattern. Of a the pattern. Pieces, I will right. not tell you what it was. No, I think we <laughs> do need to see all there is a use of a pattern. use of pattern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Repetition and pattern. Yeah. I feel like there's. But we do have to see more. Yeah. Yeah, we would have to see more. But I love that question for us to go to the show with that question in mind. That's beautiful. Yeah, and considering. Well, I think it's one thing that you may not know until you hang it up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you're looking at them. Because the, 90 pieces, it's, that's going to be. It's like deciding the theme of conference when you've only done one session so far. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. That is an, that is an interesting, yeah. it is an interesting comparison. And this is happening. You deliberately chose to do this yes. during the women's conference. Yes. So we tell me about. We're going to do it in the spring because that's when the, we did it last year. Yeah. And. And then they changed women's conference and switched it up, you know, and on us. And I think it's a great thing that they did. But what are some of the events that are going to be happening around the show? You've got an you've got the opening of the show, which happens on the third of October, Thursday, and 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 who's invited to that? Everyone is invited. Everyone, you don't have to. You have. You don't have to be an artist. You don't have to be specifically invited. You don't need a ticket. Just come. (laughs) And the works are for sale. And the, the artists have determined their prices. Yes. Mm-hmm. And 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 a percentage of it goes to and the checks will be written to the certain women or the the, the Zion Art Society. I think the I believe Zion Art Society. The Zion Art Society. Because yeah. we have we've earmarked everything that so yeah. anything that comes yeah. that comes through that goes directly to your efforts and to the artists themselves. So there's right. percentage. There's to no us one skimming it, yeah. off no, off, yeah, we aren't paid this for this. To the artist yeah. and, <laughs> and the yeah. gallery isn't getting anything, but you. Yeah. But it's this is this is for the artist. So this is, you know, this is about as 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 pure as as you can celebrate yeah, the artist as trying. you can, right? That was the yes. goal of this. Yeah. So everything's for sale that's in the show, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I think it, that's a that's a huge accomplishment. And that I think that was one of the things. One of our requirements <laughs> <laughs> for our artists: new work, new work for sale. For sale, new yeah. work, and it has to be for sale. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and it opens on October third, and then um, first full day is October fourth, yeah. and it goes through until November 9th. November 9th. And during the first week 
or is it first two weeks of the show, we're doing a People's Choice Award. So people can come to the show and vote on their favorite top three pieces that they like. Mm -hmm. And there's a ballot at the gallery. And yeah, it's a crowdfunded award as well that's funded by... Feel free to go to our website yeah, go and to donate our website. to that. We're accepting <laughs> five to ten dollar donations, and you know, or, or you can do more. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, we wanted to give an opportunity for all of the people that support these women because we can't, we can't be successful in this and do this by ourselves. We need all of that support, and we have it. You know, if we're here at this point, we have that support, and uh, we wanted to give the opportunity to those people that support us. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Award plug the show um and i want to but i want to ask a final question before i give all the details out the logistical business part of it and and there's gonna it's gonna be a stream of conscious preamble <laughs> i haven't prepared it Go. but but the question is um one that that i've been thinking about for a while um i i've talked about this in past past podcasts and it's something that i got from max black sandal who's an art historian that um is in in england and he said that every healthy art culture needs people making art people buying and and selling it people who are talking about it critics and scholars mm -hmm. and then it has to have a destination which is that mm -hmm. canonizes it like a museum right mm -hmm. and and we are right now on this leg trying to do a little bit of one and two, right? This podcast and some of the discussions we have are, are, are an opportunity to discuss it, right? But I think that we're pretty anemic as a culture when it comes to buying and selling art. Mm -hmm. I think that we are extremely muscular and becoming more muscular when it comes to the creating of art. We have a lot of artists, but we don't have the patronage, I feel like, mm -hmm. to match the creative output the and it's something that it creates a lot of it's something that to me that is the leg that i wish if i could magically wave my wand <laughs> i would create a marketplace <laughs> yeah. right yeah, yeah i don't think it works that way yeah. it's 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 more organic than that and i guess the, and that's the preamble to this question which is mm. you you're artists you, uh, you come from very different backgrounds and different styles of the kind of art that you do. You've now been talking to 90 plus artists in preparation for this show. And the question is, what more can we do to support artists other than just, not just because it's a big deal, coming to the show, buying art, talking to people about it. Some people may not be able to buy it and that's okay because you can support in other ways. You can tell people about the show. You can come and see it. You got it's it's like a public radio pitch, right? Of you know, maybe you're a student and you're listening to this, give what you can kind of thing. But the question is what can what can we do to support this particular community? Which I feel like is it's emerging and it's not just emerging, but it's it's got huge, powerful output at the moment that needs to be met by somebody who's taking that input in that as input that output as input into their lives okay i'm done with mm -hmm. my pre with my <laughs> sure. positioning statement sure. question is what can we do to support this community and let's just just go around mary what i keep thinking about is our culture as a whole and that means starting with us needs to value it if you value your ipad you're going to spend a lot of money on it right mm -hmm. it's it's kind of expensive to buy one and if you value a, a concert a live musical concert you might spend hundreds of dollars on that so um and if you don't value art but you want some on your walls you might spend ten dollars on a little print from the store um but you don't know the value of an original come to a show like this because there is a feeling there is a spirit, it's almost like a soul of a piece of art mm. that happens because of the, the love, the sacrifice, the time, the testimony in this case of an artist that is put into that piece. Mm. And I feel really strongly that that is one of the most powerful things about a, an original piece of art. It carries mm. it with it. And a print can be beautiful, but it can't carry that with it. Mm. Mm -hmm. mm. Nicole. So 
I guess to add really to what Mary said, because I don't have my own I know, answers. She said it all. I know, my goodness. Uh, no, it's great. Sorry. It's great. No, it's beautiful. So um, I feel like the gallery experience can have, like throughout the world, can have a reverence there that's akin to the temple. And I think that if you bring pieces, original works of art into your home that are testifying of principles that you believe in as a Latter-day Saint, you're bringing that reverence into your home Hmm. and that place of contemplation. And that's one of the reasons I became an artist was because I realized if I'm going to touch people that are just like so far gone, they just can't hear the promptings of the spirit and they come into a gallery where it's so quiet and they wouldn't like, it's like sneaky almost, you know, it's a place where they can feel that where it's quiet, you know, where you can touch people in that space. Hmm. Beautiful. Laura. I concur and I concur. (laughs) (laughs) You have all, and I concur with you. Uh, Everyone has said it all, but, um, this kind of ties into it. Um, I think educate yourself in the arts mm. and how do, and as you educate yourself in the arts, you see the value in it. And how do you educate yourself in the arts? Well, you go to things, you expose yourself, you experience things, you talk to people. Um, so I think it's all intertwined. And as you experience that, you value that. And as you value that, you get that and as you have that you (laughs) experience that (laughs) daily in your life what you feed will grow (laughs) yeah so so they're going to be so let's talk about physical location how to get here so it's going to be on october 3rd Mm -hmm. anthony's fine art in salt lake 401 east 200 south salt lake city 84111 utah united states planet earth (laughs) milky way (laughs) <laughs> we're that, that it's going to be there. there there's also a gr- beautiful website that you've created <laughs> and you've really done a great job um bringing out the individual artists on that website and the website is certain women and that's where events and dates will will be listed and also mm-hmm. uh, is there anywhere i'm missing where there will also be dates and so forth social media yeah, we have an Instagram account. You can follow us at, at Certain Women Art Show. Okay. And uh, we have a sort of Facebook account as well. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would like to thank Mary Bricky Cole and Laura Erickson and Nicole Woodbury for joining us, the organizers and the artists of the Certain Women Art Show. For more details on events and locations of the Certain Women Art Show, visit certainwomenartshow.com to see images of works and to learn more about the other artists that we've been interviewing. You can visit the Zion Art Society website, zionartsociety.org, under the podcast tab. I'm Micah Christensen. Thank you for listening.